Did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything I wish I could be, Brad B. <laughs> oh, God. What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You are listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I am Brad Blazek. Episode 148, back to the Gigaton songs. We're going to do Never Destination. If it's your first time listening to us, we're an all-Pearl Jam podcast. We're almost 150 in, dude. Yeah, welcome to the show. How are you, Brad B? I'm pretty good. I had vacation last week. I know. How was that? Oh, it was, it was nice. It was really nice to get away. That's cool, man. We don't, you know, I don't, I mean, we're not, this might sound weird. We don't go on a lot of vacations. Yeah, that know? doesn't sound weird. I haven't been on a vacation in literally years. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice for the three of us to get away. And the fourth was my daughter's boyfriend, who is now her fiance. Hey yo! So he proposed to her while we were out by the lake. So that's cool, man. Yeah, it was nice. It was really nice, just like I said, to get away, go somewhere, do something nice, and uh, you know, hang with the family. Now, let me ask you a question here: uh, Was this mm-hmm. one of those engagements? Because I kind of liken it. The same thing can kind of happen at weddings. Was this one of those? arrangements where you went oh oh boy or were you like (laughs) oh that's so great yeah like me personally yeah no i'm i'm very excited oh cool that's great and yeah i'm happy for both of them yeah you know that happens sometimes man you you know what i mean sometimes like a family member or someone and you meet the other person (laughs) you're like hold on time out yeah you call time out So I'm glad you're you're uh, you're approving of it. And I have I've created two little vinyl monsters. Oh, for real? Yeah they they are getting an apartment uh, next month together. So and it, we were celebrating like Amanda just turned 21 a few weeks ago. They both um, graduated. He was going to school for. Oh, no, I forget what it was. Something like machining, machinist. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> but Lots of machining. Uh, yes. He's going to be doing stuff with machines and machinery and that kind of stuff. Uh, have you ever seen The Machinist with Christian Bale? That's that movie where he lost like 100 pounds and he's and like no, all I never, skin and bones. Yeah, I never saw that. It's really, really great movie kind of underrated like i don't think it's not like something people bring up when you think of christian bale right dude there's so um, many movies i need to see i was talking to s- yeah. someone brought one up today like i still haven't watched uncut gems i really wanted to watch that yeah uh just such a long list and you would think with all this 
quarantining yeah, we've been downtown. in and out of. I would have caught up on some of them, but I haven't. I watched a movie the other day on Netflix. I think it was called In the Shadow of the Moon. It's kind of a sci-fi movie that uh, spans like 30, 30 years. Ooh, you just got my attention. Sci-fi, what's it it's called? It's good. In the Shadow of the Moon. Is it old or new or what? Uh, no, a couple years old. Okay, all right. A little long. Like, they could have just edited it down a little bit. It's like, I get it. I get it. Like, let's move the plot along. But it kind of, that kind of drags. But the acting was good. The script was really good. Uh, and it's got like sci fi time travel kind of elements to it. I'm in. Yeah. It was good. Cool. I'm glad I finally watched it because it's been in my queue for like a year. <laughs> like, I just yeah, right. Click, click over. I think because it's t- like two hours long, I'm like, ugh, I don't have two hours to mm-hmm. kill. But I did. Uh, well, cool, man. I'm glad but, you got some vacay, got some yeah happy family stuff going on, watched some movies. Yeah. Good for you. Oh, what I was going to say is real quick. Yeah. So they're getting an apartment together. Oh. And I'm like, you know what would be cool if I got her, them, a record player? You know? Just Dang, dude. Like, yeah. So I got one and I bought, actually bought a record for of a band that he likes. It's this metal band, uh, Whitechapel. You ever heard of them? I don't think so. Okay. Well, he he was he was all excited. She was all excited, and uh, and then just like over the last few days, like she texted me. She's like, he's obsessed. He's obsessed with this record player. Like I caught him just staring at the record playing, and she was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm. I just like watching it." <laughs> and, <laughs> and then. Uh, she texted me from some record store in Jackson. She's like, oh, we just missed it. They closed like five minutes ago. And I'm like, oh, well, sorry. And then like half an hour later, I get a text and it just says, man, these record prices at Target are pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, never bought vinyl they were at Target. Over, <laughs> they've, yeah, they, it's weird. They have like, there's always like Target exclusives. Right. So it's like different colored vinyls that you can't get anywhere except Target. I should check that out then. I didn't know about that. Yeah, there's a, a Appetite for Destruction they have on red vinyl. Ooh. I'm like, oh, I, I got to get that. That'd be nice. It's like a must-have record. I'm going to have to use my Target uh, hookup on that. <laughs> they were here last night, and he was just like going on and on. Oh, do you know that Led Zeppelin record with the old man carrying the sticks? Like my dad, ha- my dad has that. Oh, I, that's so it just, cute! It like pops a lot, and I'm like, here, dude, you need this brush. I said, try cleaning it. Like I showed him how to clean a vinyl record, and uh, Amanda told me today, like his dad has a bunch of old records, like in the basement, and they're going through all of them. That's cool, man. And I'm just like, that's yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. I hope they, I hope they get into it you know yeah for sure it sounds like they are so it's exciting cool man yeah but just a lot of exciting you know i think we talked about it last time just a lot of like big things happening in her life which affects us you know so yeah man right on but yeah well anyway how are you how's your week been working working hard yeah hardly working started the uh oh no definitely not hardly working (laughs) Definitely yeah. not that. Uh, yeah, I just started at the coffee shop this week. I actually, I mean, I just kind of got right back in the groove, even though it's been 
how long has it been since I worked in a coffee shop? Let me think about this. Probably 2005. Dang, 15 years. But it's like riding a bike. <laughs> a not fun bike. It's not a fun bike to ride. But I was able to get back on the bike and, and do you do know my anybody thing. that works there? Is that like why you're at this place or well, that was, yeah, because I've been, as I think I mentioned last time, I'd been looking for a job for a bit, and it just, this guy, uh, Cal, is one of my really good friends. Like I've heard you mention Cal before. Yeah, he and he owns the, the coffee shop, and um, long story short, he had some people find some other jobs, and he needed mm. some part-time, and so I just snatched it. <clears throat> so, yeah, man. Are you, are you? puking in the back or no what's no. going on back there i just took a drink of something and it's like burning my throat now uh, i'm good uh, let's let's talk for another hour yeah let's do it it's my burning my burning throat <laughs> yeah it was just like yeah describing it and then i i hear a cough first and then i hear mm -hmm. like what sounded like maybe a gag or a gulp i was just checking on you man make yeah, sure I'm, you had I'm someone good. there to give you the heimlich if necessary yeah Anyway, so yeah, I've been writing a lot and uh, started the coffee shop this week. So good, make a little extra cash. Well, not extra cash, just make some cash. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no man, it's all good. It's all good. I'm good I'm deal. Thankful that there was a job available. Some people can't find any. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. Before we kind of dive into the show right now. We're recording today, but this is not when it's going to air. But got a little anniversary going on, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got in a truck at work today, and I realized it was 8-18. And I'm like, wait a second. Wrigley 2018 was August 18th. So I started, I got a little, little nostalgic. Yeah, man. And uh, I listened to that boot, you know, in the truck at work, so... I didn't even realize what the date was, man. I'm glad you. I'm glad you told me. I might listen yeah. to that boot on the way home too. From here. Oh man, I was thinking about just the whole the road trip part, then just being up there and hanging out with everybody at that night, and then the next day going and walking around Chicago with Kate and fucking uh, what was the dude, <laughs> the crazy drunk guy. Oh yeah, silly salmon through his silly salmon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just the whole thing, and then I was listening to the the episode that we did on that whole weekend which i had forgot but do you do you remember that it was four and a half hours long you might because you put it oh together. i remember <laughs> i was a bitch to put together yeah yeah i bet i hope it was good because i don't think i can go back and listen to it because if it sucks that would that would kill me no it was it was good it was it was fun listening to me you and kate Right, like five minutes after the show, we were in the rental car, or your car, I guess, uh, like on the streets in Wrigleyville, and there's like traffic going by and people honking their horn, and we're just like, oh my god, that was so great! Remember yeah. this? Remember that when they played this? Oh, that was my favorite. And Rodman came out, and <laughs> just like so hyped up. Yeah, man, it's funny to so. think about all the people. Or for me anyway, with all the people yeah. we met that weekend, and the, that was the first time we met Kate, and 
like those shows are such bonding experiences because you and I yeah. were already bonded, but then, like you said, we took the road trip together. We were in the car. We were, uh, we we had the we had the kill room at whatever awful motel that we were that you had us booked in. Uh, <laughs> the murder house, dude. That was murder a total apartment. murder room that we were yeah. in before I, I went down I to might... the front desk and was like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we changed rooms. I forgot about that. Can you give us a different room and you might want to have some, I don't know, detectives come and check out this room right, that we're right. in right now. Yeah. But um I was trying to I was trying to keep uh production costs down. Yeah. yeah I get it, man, that, but that that we we that room suffered because of it. Woo. I'm not a high maintenance traveler. Obviously. Mm-hmm. I used to be on the mm-hmm. road, but that was not yeah. okay. Yeah, I felt I felt really bad because the thing that sucked is that I thought I had stayed at that place in 2016, and it was that that place was was decent for a cheap hotel, you know, right. 20 minutes away. It was that place was decent, and I thought this was the same one. It was not. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it brought us closer, which was mm-hmm. my original point. And then with Kate, yeah, it's of- like after two days, after a day. You know, it was like, man, I feel like I already know you, number one. Mm-hmm. And number yeah. two, by the time it was over, it's like, that that's my girl. That's my, like, yeah. that's my sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it, uh, it, it, it's funny now that we've had to miss out on, you know, we should have already seen two Pearl Jam shows from the new record yeah. by now. And that's another thing that hit me. Uh, the Boston shows which were like a week later, mm-hmm. that's two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's the last time the boys performed. Oh, that's a good l- point. Like a concert. I mean, they, they've done a couple of these Zoom Zoom style things, but that was the last real concerts. Yeah. Two years it's been. Right. Well, we'll wrap up the trip by uh, down memory lane by saying yeah. it does, even thinking about things that were kind of a pain in the ass about the trip, now mm-hmm. that we've, you know, we can't do it, it's like, yeah, I'm not bitching yeah. about that stuff anymore, right? Yeah, because I can't wait. And I mean, I've said it 50 times, but mm-hmm. I cannot wait for those shows to happen, and those yeah. meetups are going to be so much better <laughs> because because of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't wait. You ready to get into some emails? Yes. All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Who you got first? Oh, Christy Borgman. Christy. She says, LOL, oh my God, I forgot how much Brad B. disliked some of Riot Act. I almost choked on my beer when you guys got to thumbing my way. That is legit in my top 10 songs ever. For me, it's all about the lyrics. I had Riot Act on repeat during a solo road trip to Kissimmee, Florida for the Vote for Change tour, and I think that really endeared me to it. If an album brings me back to a time that I hold dear, it tends to stand the test of time. As always, I respect your opinions and found it very interesting to hear your takes. Uh, no matter how cold the winter, there's a springtime ahead. Christy. Yeah, unless it's a nuclear winter. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take the positive thing and just bum it out real quick. I don't know yeah. why. Well, you're like that. Yeah. I try to, yeah, I try I'm to the, be positive. I'm probably the most positive. negative guy you know, right? Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I used to be. I used to be like that, but 
I'm not really negative. Try to get away. No, you're not negative. Thanks, Christy. No, you are you are not the most negative. I know somebody. We both know someone that's a little more negative. Ooh, I don't know who you're talking about. Ooh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Thanks again, Christy. Appreciate <laughs> it. And yeah, Brad's an idiot for not liking thumbing my way. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I've been dealing with it for almost three <laughs> years now. Yeah. Another. 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 Uh, what do you call it? Anniversary. Anniversary. S- September. Up. Three years. Wow. September 4th. I September think. 4th is going to be our three year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, all right. More emails. We have, we've got Christopher up next. He says, uh, Hey, Brads, I used to struggle to remember which voice belonged to which Brad. I solved this issue by asking myself, which Brad sounds the most blazed? And then the parenthetical is getting blazed in New Zealand uh, is, or wait. Oh, getting blazed yeah, is New right. Zealand slang for getting high as hell, which it is here as well. That means the same mm-hmm. thing here. He says, the answer, of course, Brad Blazik, who consistently <laughs> sounds the most blazed out of you both. I've yeah, never man. struggled to, to, to differentiate. Oh, my God, I can't talk today. Mm-hmm. I've never struggled to differentiate since. Uh Blazik speaks from the heart and feels the music, even when his taste doesn't always make logical sense. Whereas Lyons is more cynical. Oh, I thought he said cynical. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Where Lyons is more yeah. clinical and cerebral in his approach. This dynamic totally works for your listening through episodes, by the way. Enjoyed your riot act listen through and agree with your comments that Eddie is quite subdued for much of this record. That's what I like about it, though. It sounds detached, weary, and jaded. But the songwriting is absolutely qual- or is absolute quality, and it pains me that Blazik especially doesn't love some of the tracks. So, Blazik, in the spirit of Save You, pick, uh, pick yourself up, you fucking man baby, and for your own good, <laughs> go listen to Love, Co- Love Boat Captain from St. Paul 2014 and Help Help from Prague 2018, and tell me these songs are not amongst the greatest they have written. I would absolutely love to know both of your thoughts on the strength of these performances, especially Love Boat Captain. Several minutes with an intro jam and jumping ja- oh, and a jumping jack flash tag. Keep up the great work, your friend and patron, Chris from New Zealand. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I did go and listen to both of those. Love Boat Captain from St. Paul and Help Help from Prague. Right. What'd you uh, think? Love Boat Captain, they're both great. It's There's something about when they're live. I've said this before. Like If, if it's a song I don't particularly like, but I'm there in the audience listening, like I'm, I'm singing every word. You know what I mean? Sure. I might not have the same uh, connection to like if they're playing Rearview Mirror or right. live. But yeah, Love Boat Captain from that show, it starts out with this little intro jam that doesn't sound really like Love Boat Captain. Mm-hmm. And they, they do this fucking like killer, like stop on a dime transition into Love Boat Captain.
It's kind of like a faster, not faster, faster than Love Boat Captain. Right. Kind of jam. And then it just like stops and they're right into Love Boat Captain. Oh. And then they they do this thing where it's not, you know, a, t- a tag to me is where like they play the song and it turns into something else and then it just like fades out. This is like they start like a tag of Jumping Jack Flash. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like they, it's just like out of nowhere, all of a sudden they're playing Jumping Jack Flash and then it segs back back into love boat captain it's really cool i wonder it's if it's really cool like the same chord progression or something yeah that's what i was thinking because I've, sounds... I've been in bands where that happens where you you like start playing a song and you realize oh this is the same changes mm-hmm. whatever and so it's like oh we'll yeah. just throw a chorus of that in there real quick for the live show kind of thing yeah so that's like is it is it iron man it's a black sabbath song that mike will go into during a live Every once in a while. Oh, I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. And then Help Help from Prague is fucking... It starts with Eddie singing Help. Just him and a guitar from the Beatles. Oh. When I was younger, so much younger than today. Never need anybody's help in any way. But now those days are gone, I'm not so self-assured. I find I changed my mind and opened up the door. Help me. That's fucking killer. Dude, that's and the... And then it goes into Help Help. And it sounds great. It sounds great. It's, you know, that's that's one of the things, like, I don't know. There's something about live music that I can, I can totally get into it if it's live. No, I get that, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's songs that we've talked about before that I had a certain opinion just from hearing the record, you know, whatever song it is, and then... Sing it live or getting a really good boot of a song live can totally change how I uh, yeah. how I feel about a song, especially with a band like Pearl Jam. And you know, help help is that's totally a studio song. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like weird kind of stuff going on. So when they play it live, it kind of just sounds different. So it doesn't sound like the song that I really don't care for. It sounds right. like this different version of that thing. song. Yeah. That's so. cool. Well, right on. 
Well, uh, thanks again, Chris. We appreciate it. Yep. Brian Cohen's. Brian. Uh, Quick thanks. Hey, going to miss hearing a new show every week, but since I just started like two months ago, I still have lots to listen to. (laughs) Thanks for the revisit of Riot Act. I thought maybe two years later we'd find something different from Brad B., but I'm almost happy we didn't. Your consistent inconsistency is part of your charm. The show wouldn't be the same without it. Okay, be well, guys. Can't wait for the update in two weeks. Brian. Hell yeah, man. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, it wouldn't Thanks, be the dude. same without your 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 consistent <laughs> inconsistency. He's right. Yeah. Hit that right on the head. Well, I guess I forget some things sometimes. You're inconsistent. I put 10 at number <laughs> 8. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Should we can we can we say real quick if people haven't heard, maybe they didn't listen last week. Uh, just that he touched on. We're we're kind of going to every two weeks for the time being. Yeah. So old lions had to pick up another job. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's another reason. I hope it's temporary. The yeah, the, yeah, the extra job is temporary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, all oh. right, we got Matt Stevens up next, right in about seven o'clock. Hello, Brad's. Guy who doesn't write to podcasts here. I love Pearl Jam. I love Gigaton. I don't trust people who don't like Pearl Jam. There is no Pearl Jam song I hate, but I cannot stay silent any longer. Sit down, guys. I, although it pains me deeply and is not a popular stance, do not like 7 o'clock at all. Mm. Ellipses. I'll let your confusion settle for a minute. Ellipses number two. I want to like it, and I've held off for a live version to sway me. See? that's enough. We were just talking about yeah. that. He knows. It's he, true. He, he knows. knows what's up. I didn't love Nothing As It Seems until I, uh, until I heard it live, and that changed everything. But this song, I just don't think it's good. It starts mm-hmm. cool with the vibey bass, but then Ed's singing kills it, which is kind of an impossible thing to do. Lyrically, I'm, I'm it's looking, fine. I'm looking, staring up at the ceiling. I, I believe it. Taking taking deep breaths. <laughs> I'm just kind of shaking my head. I'm sorry, bud. All right, keep, keep going. Go on. Okay. He says, uh, and get through this. Lyrically, it's fine, and the much to be done part is cool, but the up and down Springsteen singing just isn't good on this track. Then the chorus sounds exactly like Duran Duran. Somehow I will survive. Eh? As I said, I know everyone loves the track and won't agree. I just had to vent to someone. I feel a sickness in my belly when I don't love a Pearl Jam tune. Mostly because it never happens. I'll take Olay at any hour over having to hear the way, uh, the way too long 7 o'clock. Again, I live and breathe Pearl Jam, so I'm in turmoil over this. LOL. Hopefully, I'll hear it live when concerts can happen again, and I'll feel better. But until then, thumbs down emoji. <laughs> One thing I will always love, though, is uh, oh, is single podcast theory. Keep that shit up forever. <laughs> and remember, if you hate something, don't you do it too. Philly Matt. Thanks, man. Philly Matt. Well, I'm going um, to jump in here because we know how you feel. We've been hearing you gasp and... Mm-hmm. Right. all that the whole time but 
So I won't go as far as to say that I don't like this song because that is not true. I do like this song. But when I'm not in the mood for this song, I kind of feel the way he does about it. It's the verses. Mm -hmm. I have to be in the mood for the verses. If I'm not, skip. But I think it's a great song. I hear you. It's yeah, I, I I'll give you the it's too long. Like I don't I don't mind that, but I could get where that would turn people off. Yeah. And you know, all joking aside, I dude, I this is how I feel about dissident. Yeah. You know? Sure. Like everybody loves that song and I can't stand not that I don't even like it, I just can't stand it yeah. for the most part. So it'll I be, get it. Yeah, there'll be one of the things but I just man, never understand. Seven o'clock, dude. It's so good. Yeah, but dude, I gotta, I gotta say this though. Hold on, hold on, hold the phone. I think it's much more understandable, understandable. And if you could do a poll, I think it would be much more common that Mm -hmm. people are at least iffy about Never Destination. You are the only Pearl Jam fan I have. I'm sorry, seven o'clock. You are the only (laughs) Pearl Jam fan I have ever met that doesn't like dissident and you don't yeah. just not like it you kind of hate it yeah it's yeah. the h word mm-hmm. so we've gotten a email have we though from somebody <laughs> that are you just like saying that because you know no one's gonna go back and look through the emails to, to, to fact hey, check you person s- single podcast th- this is a special shout out to the single podcast theory listener that doesn't like dissident that at one time wrote in and told us that please write me back <laughs> i love well you. <laughs> but yeah but here's the deal man if, if that I, happens sure we it still one. proves my point Right. Of course, I'm not <laughs> yeah, saying yeah. nobody. Me and me and that guy are the anomaly. But We're there's the thousands of yeah, people right. that listen to this podcast. Yeah. We get lots of emails, and you yeah. think maybe you remember one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I rest my case. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, we got one more left, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Got John. Yeah, John. John Sell, Riot Act, Brad B, you be you, brother. It's okay that this album doesn't satisfy all the quote-unquote Brad B buttons. Consider it a gold bracelet without any gems, and that's still okay. Not my favorite either. This album would fall in at 10 or 11 on the list, but most of these tunes sound better on the live boots, which helps. Still digging the podcast later. John. See, John gets it. John gets it. But I think it's funny. Like, there's these kind of uh, serendipitous themes that keep recurring, uh, like today, mm-hmm. with the difference between, you know, a lot or, or how much a live version can affect your feelings about yeah. a song. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I think that's the thing about Riot Act is that I remember one time I was out on the road with clint one time and we were we were listening through riot act in the in the van or whatever and i always felt like and this might not make sense to non-musicians so forgive me if if that's the case but like eddie seems to even though he kind of he's one of those writers that to me seems to or at least in context of the band maybe not when he's writing by himself but it's this very they kind of 
it's kind of like the band writes this music and then Eddie reacts to the music in a very kind of emotive he's not necessarily trying to like lock down a lyric right away you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just like it's we've heard so like, many versions of like there's all alternate uh lyrics for corduroy for example right mm-hmm. he kind of like it's kind of like collage or like cut and paste he'll like take stuff out and then he'll kind of just improvise again with the band and then oh i like that line and he kind of like puts it all together you know what i'm saying yeah does that make sense and with with riot act it seems like he had written out lyrics and just whatever song kind of felt right for a lyric that he had written he just got in front of the mic and just kind of like sang it down the first time and then that was it didn't go back and figure little things out and it all does kind of have that he's even though there are songs that he kind of screams on it doesn't sound like he has the confidence he normally has mm. does you know what i mean yeah and i think that, that that's what comes through when they play live though when they're playing live that's a whole different energy so you have this record that feels this certain way and then you put all those songs because we've talked about it before. When I look down the track list, it's like, fuck, this record has a lot of good songs. Why is it kind of so far back on my list? And I think that's the thing is that those songs, after time, I feel like translate better live than they did on the record. Mm. I don't. I hope that made sense. No, I get what you're saying. Sometimes I can't read your pauses, which I don't care that mm-hmm. there's pauses because sometimes it's like. Okay, did I just have, you know, some sort of stroke and I don't realize it? And none of that made any sense? Or did he (laughs) hit mute so he can cough into a cup? Or did the line drop? Sometimes you just said enough. You said it all and there's nothing for me to add. Okay, cool. I'll stop being so insecure then. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. You're good. I'm good. Come on. Is that it for emails? That's it for emails. That's it. Thank you guys so much for emailing. If you would like to email the show, our email address is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can say hey on social media. And if you would like to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash singlepodcasttheory. All right. Let's get into this week's topic. Never Destination. Yeah. All right. So, how do you feel about this one? Where are you with Never Destination now? I like this song, dude. It's it's a fun. It's a fun one. It's a fun, lively song. Yeah. I feel like this song. Uh, I liked it immediately. Was happy about it. Mm-hmm. And then, as I gave the whole album more and more listens, it kind of. I did not like it, but it did kind of lose its luster a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of started focusing on certain songs a little bit more, but now it's kind of coming back around again, and I'm noticing it's like whoever said, you know, I didn't hate the song at the beginning, but because I wanted to get to the new songs that I hadn't heard yet, I just would kind of right. skip it. Um, but this song's grown on me, and now I like it more than I initially liked it. So, oh, cool. 
pretty I'm pretty psyched on this one. You want to go ahead and just jump into it? Just go ahead and give it yeah, a listen. Yeah, why don't we listen to it? Yeah. Cool. Here we go. I mean, that's kind of hard not to like. Like, I'm right. already bobbing my head, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's a fun... Yeah. Excuse me, it's a fun, upbeat rocker. For sure. It's a very, I mean, it's obviously written by Eddie, but right. it's, a, it's, it's a very Eddie song. For sure. That guitar, that that main verse guitar part is so obviously Eddie to me. Yeah. And the lyrics, this is, this is angry Eddie. We yeah. don't get angry Eddie as much as we used to. That's true. But this is, to me, I could be wrong, but it seems like a political type song, lyrically. Yeah, it seems like it. He went a little Peter Brady there. What's that? Oh, the little voice crack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That line right there, that's I want to see live. Cause Which that's one? When he like that kicking and screaming, have to knock, knock me off, off the shelf. Yeah. When his voice goes goes like up. Yeah. Knock me off the shelf. Oh like, yeah, I, dude. I want to see that in concert. I can't wait. <laughs>
Yeah. All right. Not uh, in a bad way, but it kind of like peters out at the end. Yeah. I mean, but it's cool. I, it's really cool. I think that's <laughs> one of the things that uh, kind of made this song grow on me more after the later listens that I gave this song, realizing the uh, the interesting kind of Pearl Jam arrangement going on that mm-hmm. I, I didn't yeah. quite notice the first few go-rounds of this song. Um, We actually, I pulled, we can go ahead and do that. Let's, uh, so when I'm talking about arrangement, right, for those of you that aren't musicians or whatever, I mean the order in which the song takes place, right? So you typically have verses you have choruses sometimes you have a pre-chorus in between the verse and the and the chorus maybe you'll have a bridge uh a vocal bridge or it could be just like an instrumental section thrown in there uh but usually there's a somewhat of a formula to it for most bands which isn't a bad thing i think the formula exists for a reason but it's you know it's that Mm -hmm. normal verse chorus verse chorus bridge or instrumental and then like chorus out kind of thing you know but right we, we always talked about how one of the th- cool things about pearl jam is they kind of they definitely have a lot of songs that follow that formula but they're really good at just leaving the super, path you know what i mean and doing super interesting stuff. bridges their yeah. bridges are are man some of their bridges are just insane how yeah, for sure. Good, good they are because it, it, the more, uh, I guess, different the bridges from the rest of the song, mm-hmm. that's to me that makes it a better song. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think your bridge almost when I'm working with, especially like new songwriters or something, everyone always thinks they have to throw a bridge in there, and I'm like, no. It either needs to be like the best part of the song or it needs to mm-hmm. not be in there. Nothing yeah. will fucking suck the air out <laughs> of the room as far as the song is concerned, like a, a shitty or uninten- or n- unnecessary bridge. Like if it's not taking the song somewhere new, like what you're saying, then don't do a bridge. Right. Just get that good verse and chorus in there. And maybe instead of writing a bridge like I was talking about, just vamp the chorus chords and do an instrumental yeah guitar solo whatever but yeah the cool thing about this song is that i mean there is a chorus but it's really just a tag at the end of verses i mean this song is mostly just verse after verse Mm -hmm. until he gets to the don't want to believe it these endless miles never destination just more denial right but that's Mm -hmm. i mean that's a chorus but it's a quick one it feels more like it's a tag at the end of a verse Right. So yeah, chorus is usually more. Um, There's more to them usually. Yeah. What's the word I'm thinking though? I don't know. Keep talking. No, that's cool. <laughs> uh, so you kind of go back and forth, back and forth, and you get guitar solo, which we'll talk about in a minute. But if you mm. notice at the end of the song, they come out, they have these two sections that both just exist at the end of the song, and they get to both of these sections coming out of a a verse chorus section and then it's like a whole new thing so that first one that happens is the um the gaping maw section the when you make the drop right and they come out of it by just 
chugging on that one chord instead of going back to the normal changes. They just kind of sit on it for a minute and add these suspensions of the chord. If you're a guitar player, you, you'll hear what I'm talking about. And then they use that to go into this brand new section that only happens once, which normally you'd think, okay, that's the bridge. But then they come back into a verse and then go to another like a B bridge, I guess, but it's right. also the, the end of the song. It never yeah. comes back. And that's a super fucking cool way to end the song. So yeah. I kind of pulled I out wonder, those two sections. What's up? I, I was just going to say, I wonder if that, that what you're called the B bridge, the she was a singer in a rock and roll band. I mm-hmm. wonder if that was like a phrase or a lyrical idea that he had for a different song or just that, one little section that he couldn't fit anywhere else and it just fit in here i don't know dude because he's such a weird writer in a good way yeah i mean it could be he could have but i mean it could have been like i need something different right here that doesn't sound like the rest of the song Mm -hmm. and oh i've got this one little idea from from over here i'll put that in here because i couldn't figure out a place i don't know i'm not a songwriter it's a very good (laughs) no but that's kind of dead on like that's that's a good estimation of what could have happened because i feel like these dudes don't think like okay let's write a song that has two bridges no no right no Mm mm-hmm I think it's more organic than that. Like it right. just comes like this, this part needs something, something weird. And, Oh, I've got this weird thing that I can't really figure out for anything else. I wonder if that would work. Yeah. Well, and that's one, that's a little, uh, tip for, I feel like for any songwriters that listen, like don't, I remember going through a phase where I would find myself coming up with this weird section and it didn't doesn't make sense within the formula. And I remember there was a period of time as a writer where I would I would chuck those because I'd be like, oh, that's too weird, or that's not the way it's supposed to be. Oh, but it just yeah. naturally happened that way. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 that's the stuff you want to keep. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the stuff that makes it special and different from everyone else without being mm-hmm. weird or inaccessible. You know? Yeah. Uh, let's listen to them get into this first bridge real quick. Yep. Yeah, this one comes after the guitar solo. It's a normal out. Now they just sit on that chord. And it's time to change. <laughs> Excuse my puberty, guys. <laughs> no, but that's so cool. Like they, yeah. they just kind of like vamp on that one chord, and they, you know, yeah. you, you can hear different guitars kind of playing with different, um, not inversions, uh, suspensions on top of the note. But it's still just really just droning on this one chord, and he throws that vocal mm-hmm. on top, and they f- they figure out a way to build it, and then yeah. and then it kind of goes back into a verse thing, or it does, and then 
instead of coming out of that and like that being the end of the song, for example, they go into this section. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? It's beautiful. Yeah. Those it last three chords, so good. Yeah, it could have. They could have just faded out. You know, they right. could have gone back to the the chorus, the two line chorus. You know, yeah. But they didn't. They did this weird little coda type thing. Yeah, you know? and it's it's beautiful. Like it's the most beautiful yeah. part yeah. of the song. You know. Yep, I love that end. the uh, the The lyric uh, she was a singer in the in a rock and roll band. I like the line after it had command of all her voices. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I don't even know what yeah. he's trying to say, but I think I uh, yeah I get well, it somehow I, though. Yeah, is he singing about an actual singer? You know, or is this a character that he's got made up in his mind? Pro- that sounds like an Eddie thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean in a good way. Yeah. Like he's got these yeah. little characters or is in his he, head. Is he doing the like um, uh, turning the male into a female? Is he talking about himself? Maybe. You know, but changed it from he to she because he's he's done that a couple. Like daughter was originally entitled brother, brother. wasn't it? Yeah. But he changed it to a female character, so. You never know, Brad. We're talking about Eddie motherfucking Vetter here. Mm. We should reach out to him. Yeah. I was just giving him some space during COVID. (laughs) Dude, he's on every other other week. He's on a new podcast. Are they all sports podcasts? I need to to find some time and just search his name (laughs) in in the podcast app and listen to everything. Actually, they have been. They've all been. Yeah. Who was the first one? That dude he was with. That dude was, was a sports guy. Yeah, that must be his deal. Like, okay, I'll do interviews, but it has to be. And I'll talk about some Pearl Jam, but we're going to talk about sports. If I have to do a fucking interview, let's talk about sports. Right. Uh, Yeah, but they haven't all been sports. I mean, the Cubs one kind of was, the one he did with Ryan Dempster. But that dude, he's a cut. He's a baseball player, and he used to be on the Cubs. That one was pretty good. He had some some good stories. And that one was quick. It was only like 30 minutes. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. Um, but yeah, you need to. You need to. I know you listened to the first one. You really need to listen to that Daddy Issues one okay. with uh, uh, what's his name? Chuck Chuck Buck. Chuck Joe Woolery. Buck. Chuck Woolery and Joe Buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's listen to some fucking Mike. Chuck, for a last week we talked about Vanna White, and this week we're talking about Chuck Woolery. We we are old fucking. Man, oh, man. you're right. <laughs> oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. I'm an Xennial, uh, which has its own 
for because I'm right on the line between millennial and Gen X. Like I'm mm-hmm. right at the very yeah. end of Gen X and right at the very beginning of um, millennials. So I guess they have this. I didn't know this. They have a different de- designation I, for us, I've which never is heard that till right now. Xennial. Xennial. Wow, yeah. I've never heard that one. Well, I am like fucking smack dab in the middle of Gen X. Yeah, because you're like I am older, Beavis right? and Butthead. You know. Wait, what year were you born? Seventy-five. You're not smack in the middle. You're at the. Yeah. You're not as close to the end as I am, but that's toward the end of the Gen X. Oh. Hmm. Yep. Because usually millennial is around 1980. Some say it's 79. Hmm. Well. And maybe I, I'm not in the middle. Or no, I'm definitely. It's 78 full. to 80. I think is the exennial. Oh, that's a. That's a. I've never heard that before. Hang with me, Brad B. You're going to learn some stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a well, wealth if I'm an, of useless information. I could, I should say I'm an exennial. Does that make me look a little younger than I am? Mm, yeah, you don't quite qualify, Brad. I'm sorry. You're old. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Mike for a minute because. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, let's stop talking about age and our mortality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because this is. Um, I think this is a good example of a guitar solo that harkens back to the early days, yet has the refinement of a man, a, a beast on guitar that has been playing for a long time. Mm. This is the kind of solo mm. that shows you that he doesn't just play guitar when he gets paid to be on stage. That dude is a mu- is a guitar nerd, and you know he just sits around his house. There's probably some sort of a guitar in every room in his house, so that any mm-hmm. moment he can just grab it and start playing it. That's that's what start I think ripping. Mike is. Because uh, I think this one is, it's not just blues lick after blues lick. Although it is one of his old school kind of bluesy leads, there's this structure to it. It's this fine line between structure, but it's not doesn't sound like a written out solo either. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, let's give a listen. This motherfucker you need to reach out to. Mike? Mike. Oh. Yeah. God, can you imagine just sitting around? Man, I'd love to just sit and shoot the shit with Mike. Yeah. Anyway, let's listen to yeah, just Mike not, uh, kill it. Yeah. Yes. Love it, dude. So good. Oh my god. Yeah, that's just another example of of Gigaton really being a, a showcase for Mike. Absolutely. Well, again, I've, I know I've said it a few times since Giga since Gigaton came out, but he just keeps getting better with age. You know, some people kind of yeah. start getting lazy, especially if they're famous <laughs> and they make shit yeah. tons of money like Mike does. Right. They're like, right. Oh, I got Let's... it in the bag. I can just get up there and wing it. Yeah. 
not Mike. None of those guys, no. actually. They all work their asses off. I think Mike is super down. I mean, they all are, but Mike seems super down to earth. Like yeah. anytime, it's kind of rare, but like anytime I hear him like talking or do an interview, he just seems like the most chill dude ever. And there's no like rock star famous asshole kind of bullshit, you know? Yeah. But I think it's also, I mean, I, I agree with every word of that, but I think it, or I'll add to it by saying he's done so much work on himself as a just as a human mm -hmm. being that I think that's why, for example, with guitar playing, he just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. Because he's because you could tell he's, you know, he's he's troubled. You can see that just the, or hear that in the way he plays guitar. And I mean mm. troubled in a good or he uses it, you know. It's not he's right. not just playing channels, scales. He channels and, it. Yeah, there's something else at work there, you know. And I think a lot of times it's hard for those kind of people to be able to get to the point where they can really be self-reflective and um I don't know. It take it takes a lot of fucking therapy is what it does. You know mm. what I mean? For someone like Mike, I feel like, yeah. So or me, or you, or me, <laughs> or anybody. Um, well, you want to talk about some lyrics real quick? Oh, yes. Oh, with that, maybe you can, maybe you can start well, then. Maybe you can help me. Okay. Well, let's just we'll just drop into the middle. Make you the make when mm -hmm. you make the drop the gaping maw. Yeah. What is he talking about? Dude, I think he's talking about surfing. Mm. Drop in on a wave, and there's like a... Yeah. Uh, I sh I see, this is one of those things I should have looked up, so I'm probably yeah. wrong. But I think, in this case, a maw is like a, a gaping open mouth. Yeah, that's gonna that makes sense. going to swallow you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's what I take from it. I have no idea. But it's to me... I like that because that gives me some sort of starting point to figure out what the hell he's talking about. Because he says he says that line twice. When you make the drop, the gaping maw, and then he says, mm -hmm. makes us alive should we survive. And he's, I think he's talking about that mm -hmm. feeling of chance. Yeah. Like you're, you're up on that wave and you drop into it and you know you mm -hmm. can get fucked up, but you don't and you make it out of it. And that's like surviving that little thing is what kind of makes you alive. I love it. That's what I take from it. Love it. Because I think he's, even though that's one of the sections we talked about that seemed kind of like, not in a bad way, but thrown in, it's like, whoa, I didn't expect you to go there. In mm -hmm. some ways, it, it, you could say that about the lyric too. Because well, in general, what do you feel like this song kind of is, or is saying, at least to you? Oh, I mean, in general, I again, I take this as a political knock on the current administration. Yeah. I mean, some resolution, some justice tied to this collusion hiding in plain sight. Yeah, as I far mean, as possible political <laughs> leanings, that, that to this collusion hiding in plain sight seems pretty... Mm -hmm. I mean, while it's veiled and it's not specific, 
I, th- I feel like using the word collusion in the last couple of years, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, you saying? know what you're talking it's, about. It's you know? t- right, right. Yeah, but like, don't want to believe it. These endless miles, never destination, just more denial. Mm. Like to me, that that conjures up like um, you hear about like political uh, political stuff that has to do with like construction of like bridges roads that go to nowhere mm-hmm. because it's, they're just making the money off these like construction sites mm-hmm. that's that's where my like mind looks at it like I th- yeah i see it's just endless miles and like political corruption yeah for me i think i take the never the never destination just more denial is the part that sticks out to me as far as any kind of meaning and it's, mm-hmm. it, just, it just seems like it's kind of um, you can't get anywhere if you just spend your time denying things or in denial mm-hmm. about okay. something, right? So right. there's never a destination you're planning on. There's not a goal if you just spend your whole time denying whether it's something about yourself, like everyone has blind spots or anything that you want to. We all know people, and we've all, if we're honest, been through periods where we're in denial about something about our world or ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's it to me, it's like we're never gonna fucking get to any place if we are just sitting around, kind of being whiny little bitches or whoever he's talking mm-hmm. about. You know, if it's about Trump or if yeah. it's about government institutions in general or whatever. So right. I mean, I think it's about Trump, but you can you can right. still and not defending. Yeah, but Eddie does that. Eddie does that thing that he's always done, where he makes it uh, vague enough that this could have been written twenty years ago, you right. know, or it could be written in twenty eighteen. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I remember another reason why I thought that that, that gaping mall line was a uh, surf reference or ocean. Because, well, he starts in the very first verse. He's got, there's an angry sea, an ocean in my eyes. The waves are rolling. I'm becoming Mm -hmm. blind, right? And that's not out of, I mean, how many times have we talked about Eddie's, like, ocean slash surfing analogies or whatever? So that's not a big deal. But after that line we're talking about, when they go back into a verse before the outbridge, um, he says, off in the distance, Leviathan's. Well, it's a couple times he says it. The 50 foot and breaking mm-hmm. on my innocence. So you're yeah. just imagining like, you know, if, a, if a human represented innocence in this 50 foot fucking wave coming down and crushing mm-hmm. you or whatever. Uh, so for me, I just kind of attached those two things. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not, obviously. but Well, he, uh, going back to the political th- theory, he says, thank you, Bob Honey. Thanks, Paul Thoreau. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this earlier. Bob Honey is a character um, in a book written by Sean Penn that is very, like, up-to-date, current political work. I don't know. uh, Plot. (laughs) Yeah. It's in context of today's times, is what you're saying. It's not like some old book or something. No. Um, well, and they're buds um, too, right? Aren't they buds? Oh, yeah. 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 Dude, Sean Penn directed. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. What's it called? Oh, I don't know if we talked about this. Sean Penn is writing or directing or filming a new movie, 
and Eddie's going to do the music on it. Hell yeah! Have we talked about that? Yeah. No. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, that came up a few weeks ago. It was just a real quick kind of blurb, um, and we didn't talk about it. But that's hopefully when COVID's all over and we get back to real life, we'll, we'll see that and hear that. Yeah. I can't wait because I feel like since we started this podcast, I started – Maybe a little warmer than lukewarm on Eddie's solo stuff, but mm -hmm. now I'm at the point where that's totally changed and I can't, like, I, that's exciting to me, the fact that he's going to yeah. be uh, scoring some music for, for a film that we're going to be able to hear. Yeah. I think, you know, five years ago, I, I mean, I would have checked it out. It's fucking Eddie, but I don't know that I would have been right. psyched on it coming out, you know? Yeah, doing this podcast over the last few years is kind of made me more excited for stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Anything else on these lyrics? Uh, Paul, Paul Thoreau is a American novelist, writer. Yep. So he's just kind of shouting out these, these two, I guess just to kind of, you know, uh, I, th I think it's cool when he does stuff like that because it's like, I didn't know who Bob Honey was. I never knew that Sean Penn wrote a book. And Paul Thoreau, I, I don't think I, I mean, I might have heard the name in passing somewhere, but like, I'm the kind of person I'll go and look up this stuff and read like the whole Wikipedia page about these people, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, and Thoreau obviously being such a well-known just family name. Right. Um, but, and I didn't know until we were talking and we pulled up uh, Wikipedia that like Justin Thoreau is right his his nephew is justin thoreau who's a uh actor, actor and screenwriter, screenwriter. he's yeah. written a bunch of movies i'm sure a lot of people have seen and he he we talked about it. he was in the leftovers which is like one of my favorite shows ever that was a good show it kind of i mean yeah. i wish it hadn't ended so quickly you yeah know, it's they kind of sped through the end but um that was a really cool show yeah, but that's all right. I mean, some of these shows get stretched out to five or six years. You're, and you're right. Like, uh, it's true already. Yeah, for so sure. So less is more in the in that case. I I implore anybody to seek out the leftovers. It's it's a fucking incredible. It's TV trippy, man. Show. I love it. All right. Well, I think we did it, bro. Yeah. It's a good song. I love it. This this would you know this is would be a cool it would be cool if um like seven o'clock was a single I could see this being the B side or or vice yeah, versa I like that because it, it's kind of a long longer song mm -hmm. like seven o'clock is uh and it's a little more it's a little harder I guess yeah for sure more straightforward yeah. But I love it. I, I I love this song. This is one like you were saying. You kind of have gone up and down with it. Like this is one of those like middle section of the record songs that kind of gets lumped in. Mm -hmm. um, but it's which is the good thing about that is when it comes on, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's a I really do. good I like surprise. This song a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially in context of this specific record. In, in terms of it being a more straightforward Pearl Jam song, 
right in general yeah. on a record yeah. that has so much like new weird shit i feel like like i was so i was so kind of focused on things like dance of the clairvoyance or buckle up right. or yeah any of the stuff that sounded a little less typical and kind of fresh and new and mm-hmm. and i still love those songs but i think they I kind of calmed down about them a little bit, which right. made the quote unquote regular Pearl Jam songs kind of rise up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. So Yep. All right. Let's get out of here, bro. All right, dude. If you'd like to email the show, our email address is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can say hey on social media. And of course, if you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash single podcast theory. Until next time, I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazik saying, I can't believe it, these endless lies. You're so deep, bro. Yeah, man. I get I get in there. You fucking stoner. <laughs> yeah. Peace, man. Bye-bye. <laughs>